Welcome to BrainStuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, BrainStuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. For a lot of people in the United States and Canada, Labor Day means two things, a day off and the end of summer. But why is it called Labor Day? Labor Day is a day set aside to pay tribute to working people, and it dates back to the late 1800s. Throughout the 1800s, the Industrial Revolution produced a rapid expansion in factories and in manufacturing capabilities. As workers moved away from agricultural work and into factories and mines, many faced terrible working conditions, long hours, low pay, and health risks. Many children worked in factories, and women and children generally received lower pay than men. The government did little to limit these injustices, and in the United States, along with much of the industrialized world, labor movements developed that lobbied for better rights and safer conditions. At the time, people worked an average of 60 hours a week, but unions were agitating for shorter work weeks and more paid days off. At the same time, the idea of a Labor Day spread across the United States. The first Labor Day parade occurred on September 5, 1882 in New York City. The original form of the holiday was a street parade to show the public the, quote, strength and esprit de corps of the trade and labor organizations, followed by a large picnic to provide some fun for workers and their families. Meanwhile, a common method of protest used by workers in the 1800s was the strike. A strike is when a group of workers stops working in protest to labor conditions or is a bargaining tool during negotiations between labor and management. While strikes today are generally peaceful events, back then they were quite the opposite. A list of the notable strikes of the 1800s shows numerous events that were broken by hired militias, police, or U.S. government troops, frequently resulting in the deaths of workers. Employers often hired private companies like the infamous Pinkerton Detective Agency to intimidate striking workers or to escort strike breakers, uh, workers replacing striking employees, across picket lines. One of the most infamous and tragic events of this period was the Haymarket Riot. On May 1st of 1886, a nationwide strike began that called for an eight-hour workday. Three days later, a rally was held in Chicago's Haymarket, protesting the violent police response to a strike by workers at the McCormick Reaper Works the previous day. Police had shot into the unarmed crowd, killing four and wounding many. Because of poor weather, only a few hundred activists attended the following rally on May 4th. When police moved in to disperse the crowd, someone threw a bomb into the assembly. Chaos followed, a police fired shots, some workers may have as well. No official tally of civilian casualties exists, though it's believed that several died and many were wounded. Seven police officers died and 60 were injured, many by bullets from their fellow officers. The bomb thrower was never identified, but many activists were arrested, including some who hadn't even been at the riot. Eight were charged and convicted for inflammatory speeches and publications that allegedly caused the deadly violence. Despite numerous pleas from labor leaders and other activists, four of the convicted were hanged in November of 1887. Another killed himself in prison. In June of 1893, the new Illinois governor granted a full pardon to the remaining three convicted men. The event inspired labor leaders to push for May 1st to be an international celebration of workers. Labor Day, known as May Day in some countries, is celebrated throughout the world on May 1st. In the United States, Labor Day is celebrated on the first Monday in September, 
dedicated to the social and economic achievements of American workers. The workers' unions chose the first Monday in September because it's halfway between Independence Day and Thanksgiving. It's been celebrated as a national holiday in the United States and Canada since 1894. The first state to designate a Labor Day holiday by law was Oregon in 1887. Some 30 states had adopted the holiday by the time Congress declared it a federal holiday. President Grover Cleveland signed the bill into law, which is interesting because Cleveland himself was not a labor union supporter. Historians say he was trying to repair some political damage that he had suffered earlier that year when he sent federal troops to put down a strike by the American Railway Union at the Pullman Company in Chicago, an action that had resulted in the deaths of 30 workers. Labor Day now carries less significance as a celebration of working people and more as the end of summer. Membership in labor unions in the United States reached an all-time high in the 1950s, when about 33% of the workforce belonged to unions. As of 2019, union membership was at about 10.3% of the working population, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. We'll have to cover the history of labor unions themselves in a future episode, or episodes. But as for this holiday, I'm turning to one Samuel Gompers to wrap it up. In 1866, he founded the American Federation of Labor, one of the first major unions in the United States, and one that still exists today in the form of the AFL-CIO. Gomper said, Labor Day differs in every essential way from the other holidays of the year in any country. All other holidays are in a more or less degree connected with conflicts and battles of man's prowess over man, of strife and discord for greed and power of glories achieved by one nation over another. Labor Day is devoted to no man, living or dead, to no sect, race, or nation. Today's episode was written by Jacob Silverman with special thanks to Scott Silverman. It was produced by Tyler Klang. For more on this and lots of other hardworking topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hold up. 